y'all. Welcome to 12 Questions. This is Anna Valenzuela. We are recording this on a beautiful uh, Feliz Navidad week. Um, very excited to be here um, and very excited to introduce my co-host, Mr. Dave Yates. Hey, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy <laughs> Hanukkah. Happy yeah. Festivus. I feel like every comedian is supposed to make that joke, but then hates themselves for it. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. But happy whatever you celebrate, even if you're just celebrating being alive in these very challenging times. Yeah. Happy December. Happy December, ladies and gentlemen. We have gotten to the end of 2020. What? Almost. We're in the Almost. home stretch. Home stretch, no fronts, no fronts. Um, very excited to be here today. Dave, could you please read our beautiful clarity statement? Sure can. Welcome to 12 Questions Podcast. We're a podcast that believes growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences and growth by also interviewing guests who do the same. We are not affiliated with AANA or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We are simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to interview people about their own life experiences. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves and each other by listening. Yay! All right. So we have our guests introduce themselves, just in case they want to be like incognito or whatever. Who are we speaking with today? Yeah, hi. Uh, my name is David Rodriguez. I'm a comedian based in Colorado, currently living in Fort Collins. Nice. Love it. Yeah, it's a beautiful day here as well. It's like 50 degrees. It's nice. I think it's supposed to snow towards the end of the week. but I was going to say, some, some of that snow has got to be around the corner. Yeah, yeah. There's still some on the ground, too, but it's a, it's a lovely time. What a, what a, yeah, dead of winter, Christmas time. Why shouldn't it be sunny and, you know, nice outside? Global, no, that's not what we're talking about. Let's get back on. You, you know. can talk about global warming, whatever. Talk about whatever. Yeah, let us know. Let us know how you feel. Preach. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's talk about what, we, what, we, what we're here to talk about. Well, my, the thing I was going to say is anywhere that doesn't have snow shouldn't be allowed to put up Christmas lights. That's 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 my controversial opinion. Rude. Uh, that's the hot take. Yeah. Hot hot holiday take. Yeah. Rude. In uh, California, Christmas lights make it actually feel like winter. You get we need it. And no, the it inflatables. We need the inflatables. We need the lights. We need something or it's just summer but a little colder. Yeah, the inflatables. My my dad has been his contribution to social media this holiday season has been doing a photography series of deflated Santas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so god, I love he, your dad. Anytime he passes a decoration and the Santa's just like plopped over, he takes a picture of that and posts it. <laughs> oh my god, I love your dad. I, I I definitely am gonna have to follow your dad. I hope you're not yeah. <laughs> out by that, but I'm definitely gonna That's follow your dad. <laughs> He would love it. You you would be one of the few to do so. Yeah. Anna's been following people's dads for many years. Yes. So. Sure. I have, usually in a club. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it is. That's actually one of my favorite ways to go up on stage when like the host or something is like an older guy to be like, guys, give it up for my dad. 
<laughs> and then they all laugh and I go, just kidding. He's dead anyway. And then I just keep going. <laughs> I don't, they don't let me in a lot of clubs. Um, so I really, really try to make it weird while I'm there. Um, you got to make it count. Exactly. You know, got to give the full range of emotions for the entire audience. Um, mm-hmm. But, oh, my gosh. Well, uh, I love that. How are you holding up in these challenging times? Um, doing well. Speaking of clubs, that's what's been that's what I've been doing this whole like the last uh, five months or so is I'm building a comedy club here in Fort Collins. Really? Uh, and I'm yeah, I'm sitting in the green room now. And it's just been me and uh, a friend of mine, another local comic who's very handy. I've been doing the bulk of the remodel uh, and just being here five or six days a week, usually just doing, getting it up to code, basically. Uh, And that's how I've been staying sane, (laughs) just looking towards the future, building towards the future this whole time instead of dwelling on the present circumstance. Congratulations. do you feel uh, like you. there's less rush because the world's shut down? Like you can kind of just go at your own speed or do you feel like there's some kind of rush involved? Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I was able to negotiate a pretty flexible lease. Uh, the building owner's very understanding because it was a music venue previously. And mm. so he knows, and, and he, he's worked in, in music and entertainment forever. And so this was sort of like a win-win for both of us. Like he could get a little bit of, money while he shut down like i paid him some months in advance to have a more flexible start date and there's like a clause that if everything shut down and we can't open the rent is like super reduced so there's no pressure to you know rush open as quick as possible and i think the whole world knows that the live inter- entertainment industry is you know pretty shut down so they're not expecting a big huge grand opening so we'll be able to kind of soft open and do some, you know, showcases as it becomes possible with no, no pressure and, and build up organically. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. after you take all, care of all your local comics, cause there's so many amazing comedians out in the Colorado area. Holler at your girl. I'd love to come out. <laughs> Literally, yeah. We're, we're six minutes out, in and you're sure. like, who books that? Six minutes <laughs> yeah, in yeah, yeah. and it's just like, Oh yeah, you with a new club, please book me. Oh, even though we don't know each other. Yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. listen because you seem we're like we're never a... going to have any guests that own a comedy come club on. again, guys. I'm just... These are, I mean, you could, and for comedians, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get it as it, yeah. as it comes, you know, you gotta, yeah. you can't let any opportunities. Especially currently. because you seem sane and there is like a lot of um, really interesting humans in our industry. And so, sure. yeah, so it's, it's <laughs> nice to talk to a person who's like, also we a little bit look related. Are you like, are you like a half a Latino or are you half Mexican like me? My, no, my dad is Cuban. Oh, Cubano. Cubano. Okay. And my mom is from Iowa. (laughs) I love it. I love it. My mom is uh, from a trailer park in in Southern, in uh, Central California. And my dad is uh, Latino. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very uh, Iowa vibe out here in California that nobody really knows about. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Fresno, Bakersfield. Absolutely. Yeah. You know Uh, it. Those are my people. I love going up there. Yeah, they. Oh, I grew up in Southern California. My, uh, I lived in Santa Ana, and then I moved over to Catalina Island uh, when wow, I was in cool. fifth fifth grade. And my parents still live there. It was always like my dad's dream to live there. He grew up in 
Uh, after they came over from Cuba, he lived in Chicago and then they moved to San Diego. And he, like throughout college, he would go over to Catalina as a scuba dive instructor. And it was just like always his like dream to live there. So finally, I was in fifth grade, so like 1995, we packed up and moved over there. And I went to middle school and high school there. Uh, and it was awesome. It was a great experience. And and Catalina is like close to 50% Hispanic, like in the yeah. in terms of the year round residents. Wow. So that was definitely, I've been influenced by that culture my whole life, for sure. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's very cool. Well, let's get into these questions. Yeah, we're going to jump into these cues, these 12 cues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number one, what does surrender look like to you? Um, It, like humility, if I could put it into a word, Um, kind of realizing that you don't and can't and we'll never be able to know everything (laughs) and being okay with that Yeah. and moving forward from there. I think um, most people uh, aren't like, you know, consciously arrogant about that sort of thing. But when you, you know, sit down and dig deep and think hard about it, because it's a, it's a, you know, that's not a fun thing to think about is that we don't, know anything and can't know anything Mm -hmm. in most things in this universe or beyond our comprehension. So as soon as you're willing to admit that, that's sort of that, that's what it kind of means to me. Oh, I love that. That's, that's the hard pill to swallow is that I'm not the center of the universe pill. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Unless we're living in a simulation. Well, well, that's because, guys, I'm the center of the universe. (laughs) You're spinning around me, right? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Do you hate Absolutely. it? Absolutely. That's that's what that's what the, <laughs> no. that was Galileo's main theory. If you'll look, if you'll go back and read closer, it's a very anacentric uh, yes. universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, that's a beautiful. Uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful way to look at it. I remember being really nervous before a show one time, and a comic hit me up and was like, "How you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm nervous." And he said, just remember in a hundred years, we're all going to be dead and none of this matters. And something about that really like gave me like peace. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Like this is mm-hmm. span of time is so large and the universe sure. is so infinite. I feel like I, I'm going to do my best not to talk too much about the expanse, but that's very much the uh, theme sure. of that show, which I'm obsessed with um, and books. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're just trying to, I guess it's like, it's a, it's a big world and we're small, but try not to be a dick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just focusing inward, you know, and, and concentrating on your own personal universe, which you can be the center of also, you know, there's, I mean, there's paradox and duality. I don't recommend it. Yeah. There's a, there, it's <laughs> just like in stand up comedy there's every like there's no rules but also there are a lot of rules and both of those things can be true at the same time yeah yeah like you can be you're not you're you're nothing to the universe but you are also the center of the universe because you know your own perspective is the only one you can ever really know i don't know i haven't taken a philosophy class in 20 years so but it (laughs) shows stuff is still kicking around a little bit (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You sound, you sound very like tapped in like a person who's been through a lot of experiences and I understand you're a no drinking person. Yeah. Um, just past seven years. Yeah. Of, of no alcohol. No alcohol. No, I was just, I was doing it as a bit for a little while. Just no, it's, it's seven years. I've had no alcohol, no caffeine, no nicotine, and no close personal friends in a social setting. (laughs) (laughs) I quit all those. Ah, No nicotine or caffeine. Damn. Damn. That was probably harder, I would say. Like, I miss Dr. Pepper more than I miss, like putting rum in it. Got to get that, got to get that DP. Um, I always liked a Dr. Pepper and a wild Turkey. That was my, that was my drink. That's good. Cause I'm a classy bitch. That's, that's some trailer shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Bottom, bottom shelf whiskey and Coke is fine. I could drink that all night. Who needs flavor? Um, you know, you just go for it. That's what God, that's why God made soda so perfect. Um, yeah. <laughs> to mask all of its all the sins of whatever you're mis- mixing it with. I um I had a psychiatry appointment yesterday um with a new psychiatrist and I've been clean and sober for 18 years and he was wow. like, "So, how much do you drink?" And I was like, "No, I've been clean and sober for 18 years." He was like, how much do you smoke pot? I was like, I've been clean and sober for 18 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like couldn't get it. So I applaud you. Did you know at seven years, all of the cells that you stopped drinking with are gone? You have new cells. Well, now. That's they. That's the. That's how long it takes. I, I would have thought it would have been sooner. Your body like regenerates everything so quickly. But yeah, that was a, that's another thing that I can. Uh, one of the quotes that I remember. I don't remember if it was from a philosophy or anything, but just thinking about that, how like all the, all the cells in our body, mm-hmm. you know, turn over and reproduce in our new, like we're physically, we're completely different people yeah. with the same stream of consciousness. Wild, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh yeah. my gosh. No matter what context I meet you in, I was kidding before, but like kind of not, but like mostly kidding. I hope to meet you <laughs> and stare into the stars and find out and just talk about like nothing <laughs> and the infinite. Yeah. Well, well, after this, we'll look, we'll look at the calendar and we'll just pencil in some days. We'll just, pen- we'll just pencil in some staring at the stars business. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Did you look at the, did you look at the big crazy star last night? No, I'm hoping, I mean, I think it'll still be there tonight, right? Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll get it tonight. I, I missed it last night, but I love that. I loved it. I love astronomy. Uh, I loved it as a kid. That was a fascination. And my dad was a big, he, he helped that along. He, he loved it as well. He, he loved the, the cosmos. And when he was in San Diego, he went to San Diego state and he took an astronomy class from Carl Sagan, uh, and so he was just like, he, he's like every week we would, everybody would leave that class and just walk out and be like, whoa, <laughs> I'm like, that's rad. And so from a young age, he definitely instilled, you know, like kind of yeah. reverence for, for all that kind of stuff in me that I, that I still carry. 
I wish my dad was alive to meet your dad because my dad used to read to me when I would get in trouble, Siddhartha, and make me uh, listen <laughs> nice. to audiobooks of the hero's journey. He was very yeah, like awesome. spacey, weird guy who did a lot of really random, interesting things as well. And I love that you mm-hmm. you also come from uh, an interesting like an interesting family. And it's believe it or not, it's in your bones. You are also. That interesting. That is amazing. I love it. I love it. Oh, gosh. What is the most insane moment of your journey in life? Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot. There's so many. I have two children. Uh, so experiencing, like, being in the room for their births was, I mean, that's the most profound thing I could think of. How old? For sure. Uh, my son is now 10 and my daughter is five. Wow. So, and they are, yeah, we've been having a time with being in school virtually <laughs> at home. Yeah. Uh, through this thing that's been wild and trying, and uh, my wife is working from home and just trying to balance all that with being here at the club and building and trying to, trying to do that stuff has been a task, but very rewarding as well on all fronts yeah i I can't even imagine what it'd be like to have to be around extra people you know (laughs) i mean they're your people you made them sure yeah yeah but i mean but very conflicting interests from all parties you know (laughs) very very different timelines and to-do lists well and i would hope that they're still at the age where that's still they're still like neat you know, they're like they're not old enough to be shitheads yet, or or are they shitheads currently? Um, my son is is flirting with it. He's <laughs> he's he's on the cusp of of shitheadness. I feel like uh, <laughs> just with, I mean, because we're inside, so it's all you know, watching YouTube and playing video games and stuff, and yeah. that's all. And he's a very he's a super bright kid and very intelligent and and loves to learn. And he's not challenged enough by these online schools so mm. i can i can see the potential to just like he's starting to you know teenage tendencies and and qualities are starting early but no i mean they're both they're both awesome and amazing and they're playing very well together which is a feat because they're you know five years apart and definitely you know don't like the same things but they're they're awesome they're they've they they're very largely unaffected by this global health pandemic. That's good. So, <laughs> That's great. They wake, yeah, they they wake up every day like early, excited for just life and the worlds. And I don't know how to tell them that that's wrong. You know, like that's in that's <laughs> that's not a correct viewpoint to have. But I don't. Have or the heart or you to can't tell, tell them. them when that when that's going to expire at eleven. Like you've got yeah. till eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at right. least you can you can be inspired by them. I mean, if he gets too unruly, you can do like any good Latino dad and just take him to work with you and be like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. t- I'm gonna teach you how to um, how to place crown molding. That's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna teach you how to buff a floor. <laughs> yeah, my grandpa. I definitely like learned about welding from my grandpa at a at a very young age. Yeah, uh, but. No, yeah, yeah, they're great and they're they're creative. They're he's currently he's tra- he's writing a book during this pandemic. I'm like, all right, don't be one of those. 
people like we get it yeah. you know you do stuff <laughs> you, you take stand up uh, away from a 10 year old they're gonna start writing a book <laughs> they're, they're just they're gonna do it <laughs> my daughter's like i'm working out every day i'm gonna do no uh she's got abs they're, they're um <laughs> so I, I would assume that having the kids and being a dad that affects your decision making but how how do you make decisions um in regards to what? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm Just not. Just life, you know, do you have a council of people, life. you know? Yeah, uh, everything runs through the family, basically. The, the building this club here is definitely something that might not have happened if I was a single person because of, the road is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love going out and, and meeting new people and seeing new sites and, and new cities and stuff. Uh, so this is just kind of a selfish way to bring all of my networking to me without yeah. having to go anywhere. Uh, and that's, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, everything pretty much revolves around balancing enough time uh, with the family and, and, and doing what's best for them and everything like that. I love that. Are you trying to build the club that performers want to be at? You know what I mean? Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah, I don't want to be, you know, I'm not a, a club owner who's also a comic. Like I'm a comic who owns a comedy club. Mm. So it's, it's definitely built from the inside out and it's comics will love performing here and they'll spread the word and audiences will love watching totally. shows here and they'll, they'll spread the word. Like the dollar is not, it's not built with the intent to, you know, jam drink sales and stuff. And it'll, I, I think it'll build a really strong core of regulars and a, a, a devoted, you know, following in the community. And that in turn will build the business and keep it going long-term rather than, you know, just that kind of old club cash grab archaic model. Yeah. Like where it'll be more like a theater, um, you know, no check drop till after the show no drink minimum. You just come in and, you know, you want to, the focus is the, the performance and, and the comedy. I love that. And for any of our clean and sober listeners out in uh, Colorado, ladies and gentlemen, no drink minimum is huge. That is. Yeah. And, and a good menu of uh, I've got great bartenders and, you know, we'll have some great mocktails and, and beverage options that aren't booze, which I'm excited about. That's exciting. I love that. I love you. You're an adventurer. That's an adventure. (laughs) It's been wild. I'm not a handy person and I'm not a business person. Um, But I have had a knack for producing since the beginning because when I started up here in Fort Collins, we just had two open mics. We didn't have, Mm -hmm. I think we had like one monthly showcase. And that was probably like just that. And I started comedy. Um, I started comedy like a year and a half into sobriety, and so I was just kind of like finding my footing as mm-hmm. a person. Like, I mean, you like reset everything, yeah. you recalibrate your whole life. And I was like, I want to work towards like building something. I want to find where I fit in, and recognizing that need that live entertainment void that was here. I'm like yeah. this, it, it, it just made very clear sense to me. I'm like, this makes sense. There's not this thing. 
I will figure out how to do this thing very well and, you know, provide this service and people will respond positively to it. And then that's what happened. And it has just built from there. I love that. You know, I, I, I venture to guess that you wouldn't have the, the spirit in which you're going into this is very insightful. Um, (laughs) You seem like a person who you're, you're good at looking at yourself, which for comedians is a rare trait. Uh, a lot of us are uh... and, and important. It's an, <laughs> yeah. I think it's an important. I think you know being genuine is is the root of all good comedy. I think comics don't really like the a, a common pitfall I I see with comedians is like not giving the audience enough credit and not giving you know not being aware that it's full of like actual people. Like too often we just see it as the crowd. Yeah, you know, but it's like every every individual person is there listening to you and just, and, and not being aware of that and just kind of doing what you think is funny rather than saying something that is genuinely true and funny. Mm-hmm. It leads to kind of stagnation and frustration yeah. that comics are just like, well, I don't know why, you know, I'm not getting stuff. It's like, well, you're not, you know, <laughs> you're not pushing <laughs> yourself to be more yourself, which is, yeah, you're, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a lot. We could go. I could talk about philosophy of stand up forever too. <laughs> uh, but what would be the most surprising thing you've learned about David Rodriguez up until this point? Like, what has been a surprising thing you've learned? Uh, that that I'm capable of. It, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to answer questions like that without saying very cliche things, but uh, also learning to embrace that cliche things are true. And that's why they're cliche, you know, like they're, (laughs) they're very, just very simplified truths Mm -hmm. and they recur every day throughout, you know, throughout history and into the future. And that's why they're cliches, but uh, that I'm capable of doing anything that I want to do. It's, uh, a, a fun little like m- a microcosm of that statement is learning how to do construction here and learning how to build things. I didn't know how to do any of that, but once I started learning how to use the tools mm-hmm. and uh, how to approach just projects, that became a very it's a very like linear, straightforward process. It's like oh this this thing, it, I want this to go here and stay there. So I need to, you know, get something to fix it to there. And I need a tool to do like, there's a, you know, there's a perfect tool for every project. And it's not, it's very overwhelming if you don't know where to start, but it's mm-hmm. just like where you start is like, I need this thing to do this. So how do I get it to do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do you need to glue it with something or attach it with something or, you know, like it's just, it's, it's, that simple and then it's just learning what resources you have at your disposal and how to use them so using that method it's just like i want to start a comedy club okay well i need a building and i need you know i need money and i need a plan and uh just just went from there there's resources there's a small business development center here where like retired like ceos and cpas and people will just volunteer their time to meet with young business people and just advise them and tell them how things work and uh you know just just step by step 
pretty much and step by logical step it's it's easy to get overwhelmed in the world and in life you're like i don't know what i'm supposed to do next but then you just have to sit down and be like okay well what do i need to do right now what are what are things i'm I'm a i'm a list person now i never used to be a list person (laughs) but it's just constant writing and crossing out and rewriting to-do lists all the time the crossing out is very important by the way an uncrossed out to-do list is very much a a club to which to bludgeon yourself for the things you didn't do but when you cross Mm -hmm. it out it feels like oh i did that Mm, you get that little serotonin oh yeah yeah Yeah, (laughs) that's dope yeah when i transfer a list i'll make i can't leave an old list i've got to like cross it out so that i know that i transferred it to the new list so there's no pages with you know unfinished to-dos on them oh smart I think a lot of the surprising things I've ever done or learned how to do started with, I bet I can do that. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not insanely like overconfident. Like, oh, I'm, I I know I can, I just, I I bet I could do that. Like, especially like working on my car. Like a lot of the things it's just like, I bet I could do that. I've got the right tools and like, I bet there's a YouTube video and I I bet if I go real Mm -hmm. slow, it's not going to be as fast as everybody else, but I bet, I bet I can do that. And it's just mm-hmm. such a subtle uh, verbiage change, you know, from mm-hmm. I can't do something to I bet I could, you know, yeah. like I, I, I might be able to do that. Like it's just just starts out with just the willingness to just stay trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 This whole process has been it's and, and again, it was like very weirdly like clear to me that like this is going to work and this will be received well you know, almost to, you know, I mean, very like frustrating for my wife, <laughs> like that I have this confidence with, you know, this huge venture and like, you know, our financial yeah. security that I'm like, it's going to be fine and we're going to be rich. And she's like, well, you actually need to like research. And I'm like, no, but I'll, I mean, it all makes sense. Everything here that I'm doing and I can't, like, I can't really say it in a different way. Like, I'm like, all of this is falling into place. And I have not been nervous a single day. I mean, it's a global health pandemic and we're literally not allowed to gather indoors and I'm opening a business that that's the whole model. (laughs) It's like you have to get indoors (laughs) close to each other and expel (laughs) particles out of your body around close proximity to other people. But I'm like, it's, it's the vaccine is rolling out. Like I've never, I've never felt like the timeline, like I signed the lease in July, last July. And we had like, Fort Collins was averaging like three to four cases a day. It was like zero. There was yeah. nothing happening. I'm like, this will be great. We'll be able to open in October. And then the 4th of July spike hit. And obviously, you know, everybody, it's just, you know, exponentially from there. But at the same time, I was like, it's fine. We'll just, we'll build. And we needed this time to do this anyway. And we want it to be safe. And the whole time, I mean, I, you know, news about the vaccine was coming out every day, just watching that. And it's all, it's all felt very like everything's happening at the pace that it should be. So I haven't really ever felt worried or pressured. And we've just been, we've had, we've got our family unit. So, you know, we just stay home and growing together in that way. And I don't know, it's, it's been a very weird 
year, but I've, I've never felt like the despair and, you know, hopelessness that it's never going to end. I'm like, no, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. we'll bounce back. Everybody, there's no other choice yeah. <laughs> but to bounce back yeah. as a, as individuals and as a country. A friend of mine in the program says, it's, if it's not over, um, if it's not okay, it's not over yet. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you, you, pl- you trudge through whatever it is that's happening and then you find the other side. And I love that optimism. Your relationship sounds very much like my own. My, my partner is very, um, he's cynical and I've always mm-hmm. been like, Hey, like, don't yuck my yum fool. Like I, yeah. I'm, I, I've gotten pretty far on blind optimism and I will continue sure. with my blind optimism, but those types of people, that's the, the peanut butter and jelly of relationships. You need to have someone yeah. to counterbalance oh, yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> She, yeah, def- she definitely keeps everything together, keeps it organized. She works hard. She's been working from home and, and she uh, she does rent assistance and mortgage counseling and homelessness prevention. So there's been- What no are you guys short, the like, best couple ever? Like, <laughs> she does all that. And then I make fun of our children to strangers for <laughs> sometimes money. But you so. provide, you're, you're now being of service in such an integral way. You're providing a space for artists to do their thing. Um, and you're bringing your your sane brain to the table instead of whatever kind of kooky. I mean, I was just having a conversation with, um, a comic here in LA yesterday about how it seems like every booker, every club owner we've come in contact with has been a lunatic. (laughs) Mm. So to see a a balance, they all start out like David Rodriguez, right? This is how they all start. I don't think they all start. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's, it's, we, we need to look inward at, as, as to what turns True. these seemingly good people. So 10 years from now, when David's got a Coke problem, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll have to, be... you'll have to call Dave and I for an intervention. We'll just come in and we'll hug it out of you. Also, you if any yeah. comedians from LA ever give you any guff, you let us know. We'll take care of it. I oh, won't. Sure. She will. I'm I, crazy. Like I don't. That. <laughs> I'm crazy like that. Oh, I think my earbuds, my earbuds just made the power down sound. Uh oh. Okay. Oh, no. You're That's good. okay. You can. Sorry. We can use we'll half keep, of. We'll keep. We'll keep chugging. So. Well, uh, I mean, they charge pretty fast too. If they turn off, I can put them in the case for like a few minutes. Okay. Um. Okay. Cool. 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 Um. What's your level of honesty in your life? Uh, a lot higher now that I don't drink. Uh, lying is harder when you're sober for sure Mm -hmm. and uh, when you're yeah I mean when you get more honest with yourself uh, alcohol is really good at uh, being able to delay being honest with yourself like Mm -hmm. it's you have a lot more fun and it's like a nice little blanket and then you wake up and you're like oh now it's the next day now I gotta do other stuff and without that, like having a clear head every night as you're falling asleep, like there's no, you know, there's nowhere to run from yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're honest with yourself, I mean, that just, you just, that just continues forward, I think, yeah. in the rest of your relationships. Yeah. And you don't realize when you're in like a habitual lying, like the freedom that comes along with just being honest, 
Like mm-hmm. it's like what are the it's yeah. like the it's like you got to keep the balls juggling and you and you feel mm-hmm. like you have to lie in order to feel comfort because it's you're already so far gone. But then it's like the only way to really get to peace is when you don't have to keep the those balls in the air or the plates spinning, as mm-hmm. it were. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're not worried if you're not worried about the wrong person picking up your phone and looking at it. You're not worried about you know like just all those kinds of little things. It's absolutely very freeing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, it's just the fear, the fear to get there. That's what keeps people from being honest. I just think it's that it's that I, I'm afraid that if I get honest now, everybody's mm-hmm. going to hate me. You know, like there, there, there's that period of uncomfortability of transitioning from sure. someone who lies to someone who's honest, that that's what keeps people in, in the yeah, dark, that, as that it were. Threshold. It's tough to get over for sure. But that's why, yeah, when people get sober like that and that's a good if you don't take that opportunity because people you know people know if, even if you don't know like on you know on that true understanding level like it's it's a it's an event that are in our uh culture and and society and you know like we know about getting clean we've all you know know somebody who's done it or have done it or or whatever like if you don't take that opportunity to get all your stuff in a row then it's definitely much harder to do it after that Mm -hmm. but well you sound again I've, i've talked a lot about how brave you are and like how adventurous you are and you just touched on, Dave just touched on an interesting thing about, um, you know, fear and anxiety around honesty. Like, how do you deal with fear and anxiety? Um, probably, I, I don't think about it as much now. I had a pretty traumatic, like, breakdown mentally uh, that was like the event that triggered like the whole like reset and sobriety and everything. And had a lot of residual anxiety and panic that that would happen again Mm. for a while. And then for some reason I got into (laughs) standup and the you know there's nothing more terrifying than getting on stage in front of people especially like when you first start out and that so that probably wasn't you know the best thing mentally but i loved it so much like i think for like the first year almost the first year before every set i would get a headache because i was like clenching my jaw so hard like just from being so nervous to like get up on stage uh but eventually that went away. Mm-hmm. And as as soon as I realized that taking care of my body and my brain, that that wouldn't happen again, like that was a result of having a Red Bull and cigarettes for breakfast and four or five beers for dinner every day for several years, that my body was finally just like, I'm, I'm, we can't really keep up anymore. Mm-hmm. So now that I like, you know, drink water and sleep most of the time like when I'm supposed to that you know I get stronger physically and mentally just from doing that and the fear that that would kind of happen again has gone to the back of my mind and just having enough projects that 
just having goals and things to look forward to keeps me out of mm -hmm. thinking about the past and being worried about stuff like that happening. It's amazing. I love that. I, uh, I once was on set of a TV show and I was scared to death and I was drinking a Red Bull and the host of the show, who is no stranger to drugs or alcohol, put his hand over my Red Bull and he said, I think you've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a dark moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I know this is coming from a place of truth. So. Yes, exactly. If he can see that my pupils are dilated yeah. in the back of my head, then um, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, to get to where you are usually costs me $80 an eight ball. So maybe not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. That was definitely the look. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Caffeine is, yeah, it's, that's, it's tough uh, for me to like, I've, I've had a little bit here and there and that's definitely like one thing that my body is just like, cannot, take anymore like I get super jittery and anxious and that's like the trigger that brings on those panics feeling panic feelings more than anything else now it's, it's caffeine it's good that you're aware of that my parents gave me my first cup of coffee when I was 12 I was like yeah <laughs> so like they were just like here have some of this and um yeah I mean it's a drug for sure that's, yeah you know just one of those ones that's commonly accepted yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still love it. We're a pro coffee cop podcast. We respect if you don't love coffee, but Oh, I drink I drink decaf. That's how much I love it. Like it's like <laughs> wow. it for the, just the taste and the placebo almost. Oh, I love that. I love that. The old duels of the morning. Um <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what what is one thing you're still working on uh in yourself? Like what's one thing that you maybe still want to change? Um, I mean, just maintaining this level of dedication to, you know, working towards positive things is it's really would be nice if I could keep that going. You know, it's not an easy thing and it never, you know, anybody who's recovering from stuff knows that it, it never goes away. Like it gets a little bit easier, but there's, you know, there's always that voice that's, I finally, I was so excited that I finally, right before the shutdown happened, I was finally starting to talk about it on stage more and write stand up about being sober and, and that experience. And, you know, just being a lot more honest with my, you know, subject you know, my material subjects and stuff. And I was writing a bit about that, that was going really well that I loved. That was about that voice that's in your head, you know, like people, sober people are weird to be around there. They have a weird energy Yeah. and people that are not sober don't understand what it is. And it's because we have that voice that's all the time, you know, it's like we have it hostage trapped so it can't do any damage, but it's there you know, just shouting things, you know, like people, you know, somebody would be like, what do you want for breakfast? And we'd be like, oh, pancakes sound good. But deep down, you know, there's that voice. It's like ketamine. Like it's like it's yelling <laughs> all the time. And we have to hear that. So 
we have to suppress that. And every sober person is like a low to mid-level sociopath, basically, to ignore that voice at all times. Yeah, and then if you let that voice talk, it's like, I've got some shit to say. Blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's a a way weirder energy uh, in the room once you start talking about that to somebody who's not ready for it. Sometimes um, my my roommate, do you know Brandy Posey? I do, yeah. Okay, so she's my roommate. And she's also- I love she's, Brandy. She's a straight-edge human. She's never, like, done drugs or alcohol. And she's, like, very wholehearted. And so, like, I'll be in the kitchen and I'll say, I'll do an impression of my addict self. Because I'll be like, man, mm-hmm. I really woke up today thinking, like, oh, you're not doing enough in your comedy career. You have to be doing all the things and you have to be this and you have to be that. Huh? Yeah. And she'll just laugh and laugh and laugh. She's like, I love that it's like Gollum. You have like a Gollum stuck in your <laughs> <Yeah>. head. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> That's what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> and the longer it stays trapped down there, the more like decrepit and wretched it gets without, oh, you know, yeah. with any you don't nourish it with what it wants which is you know it's fine but it also gets creepier for us that have to listen to it yeah yeah drugs drugs are the precious drugs are definitely Mm -hmm. the precious yes i mean sometimes i have to just express it too and be like yeah i i have to tell somebody who will look at me and she'll say why don't you write down a list of all the things you have accomplished and then check them off so you can feel accomplished. That was like a big tool I learned from her, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's like, sometimes you just got to surround yourself with people that'll just be like, hey, little voice in your head, shut the fuck up for like five minutes. You're doing yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, just acknowledging it yeah. takes the power away from it too. You know, yeah. a little bit like instead of just like, just keep having that inside and struggling with that yourself, be like, oh, this is, you know, don't worry. I'm just dealing with insecurities and then just like you know the supportive people in your life like oh yeah that's a normal thing don't worry yeah Yeah, just be a person you're fine you know i love that is and especially like forgiving yourself for having those thoughts and feelings too Mm -hmm. like like i think forgiveness is a big part of like it's easy for me to forgive other people but it's harder for me to forgive myself for just having natural feelings and emotions just that these things happen inside me and i'm just like no like, how do you experience forgiveness? Yeah, that was um, after I had my breakdown and my I was so lucky that my mom kind of, she dropped everything and came out to Colorado and was like, this is what we're going to do. You know, we're going to tie these ends up. And I was able to go home for a little while and just kind of, you know, reset everything. And I went to a therapy session for the first time in my life. And that was a huge, you know, you got to get rid of all the weights off of you if you want to be able to get back up. And being able to process a lot of the things that I had guilt over. And um, uh, my best friend uh, killed himself when I was in college Mm -hmm. and never really had time to, you know, I was the last person that he talked to and I never had time to really unpack that. And I didn't get to talk to his family. And uh, she had me like write a letter to him and write a letter to his family and, uh, write a letter to myself about it and just, and a couple other, you know, things that was probably the biggest one, but, you know, just a few other things that I needed to address that I just had packed away and, you know, forgive yourself for, you can't change the past. And as long as you're doing everything that you can, that's all that you can do, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, 
an important first step and it's never too late to do that. And uh, oftentimes you're like, well, I you know, kind of missed the window to <laughs> forgive myself for that because it already happened. But, you you know, realizing that you still carry that with you until you address it is an important thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love the letter writing thing. That's a thing that um, I've had to deal with grief a lot in my life. Um, both my parents have passed. There's just, there's been a lot. And also being in the program, like you just lose people a lot. Mm-hmm. And, sure. um, and I always recommend when you get to a point, and this is not my bright idea. Somebody else told me to do this, but writing a letter has always been really helpful. And even when I get to that eight, our eighth and ninth step are about like forgiveness and amends. And mm-hmm. um having to do that with a person who's passed has been a lot of letter writing, you know, and burying it in the sand and Montana de Oro and like, you (laughs) know, creating, creating ritual around the practice of forgiving who I was in the moment, who they were in the moment. And, um, and that's, that's the only way I found peace with that stuff. You know, I'm a grudge holding bitch. Mm-hmm. I will hold a grudge between my little clenched teeth for the rest of my life. Love a good, I don't... love a good grudge. So tasty, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Dave, Dave Very smiling. Satisfying. Dave, you know, you know, you <laughs> love a grudge. I, I hold no grudges against <laughs> anybody or any living thing. That's not, not me. Wow. I don't. I don't see. I don't seethe with anger at inanimate objects, animals, or people. <laughs> not this guy. Yeah, spiritual guru Dave Yates. Right. <laughs> so, what's a surprising? Uh, we would call it amends or apology that you've either made or received. Um. Early, early-ish in in comedy when the, the the kind of scene here was building back up, and we were running shows, and there was a weird dynamic of older comics that kind of resented us for, you know, felt like we were like taking over, and we're like, no, we're just trying to run cool things, and you know, we're not trying to kick yeah. anybody out, and had this sort of beef with some with a comic who didn't like that we barred a misogynistic and and homophobic and very problematic comedian from performing at our open mic they're like well i mean they're like it's an open mic like anybody's allowed to do it like that's why they're there and we're like no this is our this is our thing that we're running and this person is not good so we're not going to let them do it. It's like, you know, it's like a, it's, he can still, we're not saying he can't do any open mics. He just can't do our open mic. And he it sort of it created this weird rift between us and, and the older guard of comics. And then after, after this comic did more things online to shed light on what a terrible person he was, uh, this guy came to me and was like, Hey, like you were right. I I'm sorry. I'm I, like, that guy's a, a shithead and you, wow. you don't have to cater to that. You know, this isn't about free speech. And I'm like, yeah, thank Thank you. That's amazing. I mean, uh, that's also, that's also huge because people will die on a hill. 
Uh, especially yeah. for yeah, people will is... die on a hill for fucking shitheads that wouldn't piss on them to put out a fire. Like, oh, Comics he really love didn't... a good hill for sure. Yeah, as much as I, grudges. I, yeah, that's I, oh uh, my god. It, and and they'll and they'll they'll defend this idea of free speech. Free speech does not mean freedom of consequences. So you could say what right. you want, but you're not free from the consequences of what the fuck you say. So, right. you know, it, 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 it's amazing that people stop at that. Like, people stop at free speech, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you could say yeah, what like you, you want. Yeah, like you can say, yeah, you can do whatever jokes you want. I'm just not going to hire you to do those jokes on my show. It's a job, and you didn't get this job. Or if I'm close enough to you and you say something nasty to a friend of mine, the consequence is I'm going to hit you in the mouth. so you could you could freely say that shit and then i'm just gonna have to fucking deal with the consequences i'm free to punch you in the mouth now if if, (laughs) if you have a lawyer or money i'm screwed but 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 that's the thing like we all have and uh, that's the consequence uh, that you're accepting (laughs) or here's here's a a pacifist way to handle this um there was a moment Uh, okay kung fu black belt has Uh, a i do i have one I have one. You're yes. taking turns being Zen. I love this dynamic that uh, you yes, guys have. Yes. There is there was a moment in comedy, which by the way, I love I love that story because that is our version of peace in the Middle East. Like I never thought that would ever happen. That's the first time I've ever right. heard of that. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, you just gave me hope to keep going. Um <laughs> but the uh there was a comic that um I had a little beef with. And it, she wasn't, it wasn't like a big deal. And I wasn't really feeding into it, but she was very angry at me. And she was walking around a comedy club here in LA, really trying to drag me. And a, another comic pulled her aside and was like, you don't realize this, but you're making yourself look bad. People love mm-hmm. her. She's nice. Whatever your disagreement is, is between you two. And your behavior is not going to help you. And two months later, mm-hmm. she moved out of LA. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, girls, I'm just saying, sometimes you could just shut up and let people hang themselves. I used to say that in treatment. They'd be like, aren't you going to stop that girl? I'd be like, "Mm -mm, I'm giving her enough rope. Sure. (laughs) You know, give them enough rope. They'll handle it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That is, that really does give me. I love that the comedy, I, I, I love that the comedy world is by and large pretty self-policing and and self-sustaining as as a as a community you know and that generation of old guard comics is is fading out i don't think they've infected too many of the young kids um it feels like they've infected everybody in la but like i I Mm -hmm. think there's more sensible humans than than not you know, when it comes but to I that. also think, too, like, it's just like the same thing, like, no one's born racist, you know, that you're taught that. It's yeah. the same, like, sure. in comedy. And I'm not saying being a shithead in comedy is akin to being racist, but h- however, it's a Oftentimes cause Oftentimes it thing. is. <laughs> that is a well, very... I, well, yeah. well, I'm just saying... <laughs> They're in, not mutually gen- exclusive. Yeah, in, in general, though, something had to happen to to cause effect like someone felt slighted or someone mm-hmm. felt that because they they had this shit done to them like the whole notion mm-hmm. that I, I we can't help each other you know because someone didn't help them or that or the headliner that wouldn't let the feature sell merch it's cuz some headliner mm-hmm. along the line said you're not selling merch 
and that person yeah. struggled. So when they finally ascended to True. that place where they could make yeah. that decision, it, 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 it's, it, it's like sometimes abused people abuse. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm grateful every day. I was mentioning it yesterday of how many um, folks saw that I was just this naive woman that had lived in 12-step programs for 12 years of her life and didn't really know her ass from her elbow in this field and um, and really uh, took care of me and gave me good advice, you know, all along mm-hmm. the way. And that I remember every little bit of it has been... Um, you know, has been, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful for the people that have come into my life um, in early awesome. uh, comedy, which is not something a lot of women get to say, you know? Sure. But yeah. um, as far as like, you know, that experience is wild. I love it. You sound like you're dealing with a lot and in a positive way. How do you keep yourself, like, what is your day-to-day self-care practice? Like, what's keeping you tied to integrity <clears throat> with the world? Uh, I finally, after 35 years of life, started working out for the first time. Hey. And that has been strangely rewarding because I've always just been, I've got a super high metabolism. I've always just been really skinny and just didn't realize that that doesn't mean that I'm like in shape at all. (laughs) Uh, And so I started doing that, which is, uh, has been great. Uh, Just kind of reminding the simple truth that became clear to me when I first started comedy and I first started working towards building something and having goals is that very simply, if you work hard for good things to happen, then good things will happen. And I never realized that. Like it's, it's really just that simple. Like I actively worked and put my energy into obtaining goals. And then I got that, like I attained the goals. And setting goals was a thing that I had to learn. Like there's, there's so many comics that I see, like, you know, if people ask me, you know, how do you get this thing or, or whatever it, like there's, there's too many comics that go to open mics and sometimes, you know, get booked on showcases and they think that that means they're doing comedy. Like I'm a comedian. I do. I'm going out every day and I'm doing comedy. But as long as you, you got a profile picture with a microphone, that's yeah. Nice. Like, if, if you, don't, if you don't even have to do comedy; you just need that picture. Uh, but like, if, if you don't, I mean, and that's fine. That's fine to do that if it makes you happy. But like, don't get mad that you're not advancing if you don't have goals or a, like a plan or anything. You know, like there, there. People think that, and I, and I guess that's you know could also be said about life as well in any field like just because you're you you're doing it doesn't entitle you to anything and you're not going to move and you're not going to grow and you're not going to build anything if you're not looking towards something to build to you can't just have this kind of amorphous it's like happiness like you can't have your goal be happiness because that's that's an intangible concept you have to do something and in doing something that's fulfilling and rewarding to you, then happiness 
is a result and a byproduct and you know and a bonus it's not it's not a it's not an attainable goal in a vacuum in my opinion and much so like just life just, doesn't owe anybody anything yeah, yeah it's right. not a vending yeah. machine you don't put in five bucks and get exactly what you want you know it's it's a different yeah. it's a different thing yeah so yeah so keeping a to-do list for daily things but as well like keeping a you know a larger grander scheme to-do mm-hmm. list um keeps me feel like i'm keeps me feeling like I'm, I'm i'm moving forward and i'm being productive and i'm and i'm working towards something i love that i love the way your brain works man i say i love that like 85 times an episode but i truly mean <laughs> I, I really, and it's mostly because like we get to talk to people in such a vulnerable and sweet way, but I honestly have sure. to say, I love the way that your brain works. Like, thanks. Yeah. That's, yeah. And it's, and it's, I, I, and I have learned to love that as well. And that's something that I didn't have before, you know, like being proud of myself. Like that's a new concept yeah. being, you know, being happy with who I am and what I'm doing is coming out of the the haze of just drunken party and being in your, you know, twenties or young or, or whatever. Like I didn't realize I didn't have any of those long-term mm-hmm. goals at all. Like I had a good job and it paid well and I had friends and I was having fun, but I didn't realize that it was just, there wasn't anything more than that. Yeah. Like I was pretty content because I thought I had all the pieces together, but I didn't have something that was, inspiring and growing and 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 that stuff so as soon as i found that like i, I found that and i grabbed a hold of it and i i just haven't taken my foot off the gas since then do you have a concept of a higher power do you have a relationship with uh, something bigger than you um no not really i again going back to like i have you know I can't know. And I don't know. Uh, I, that's, there's definitely, I would love to believe that there's something spiritual and interconnected about everything. Cause you can feel that in little moments, um, learning about the cosmos, like they're there. It's all very, very beautiful and wonderful. And that's just that essence and that feeling is the kind of higher power that I believe is there. Uh, but I take all, all of my comfort I take from, you know, my family and my everything that I've built around me because that's immediate and important and I can see it and react to it and interact with it. So, yeah, I think respecting the present moment as uh, finite, you know, is is a, is a is a powerful thing, you know, like just respecting yeah. time, the time of others, love, you know, things like, it, you know, for me, the, I I can acknowledge that there are powers greater than myself, and that's what I hang mm-hmm. out onto, you know, like time, love, you know, and some people are like time yeah. is just a con- I I'm just saying the concept of you know, the most valuable thing you can give to anybody or any craft is your time, you know, and the, yeah. the practice uh, of the practice of leading a good life is, 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 is a powerful thing. I love that. Yay. Time is a higher power for sure. <laughs> yeah. All these, all these, all these, yeah. All the, all the big 
concepts like that. Well, that's yeah, and that's the thing when pe- when people lose people, like that's that's the number one. I wish I had more time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. you know that's with, with with me and my losses, and I'm sure Anna and, and yours. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's I, that's been my mantra as of the past year or so. Is is uh, you know, you can always make more money. You can't make more time. Yeah, mm-hmm. always, always. That's why when people my my sponsor's going through chemo right now, and she was like should I go on disability? And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can always bitch, go on disability. <laughs> take this time to be present to what's happening in your body, good, bad, or indifferent. Like take this time mm. to be with me with people in your life. And, you know, and don't try to balance any of this bullshit that weighs you down. Like time is mm-hmm. so valuable. I think that is the biggest takeaway of 2020 is now for the first time in yeah. years, many of us have had time to, to be, to feel, mm-hmm. to create, to build. And that is, um, that for some people you could watch them spinning out was really terrifying. But for a lot of us, sure. it was like, oh, okay, like this is yeah. terrible. And I wish this wasn't working, happening to the world, but man, did I need a nap? sure yeah i mean yeah Yeah. not going out to shows you know four or five nights a week like i was and driving down to denver is an hour each way um really taking a break and and resetting from that was great uh but i'm ready to get back to it now but it was definitely good (laughs) to to have a pretty hard stop there and and evaluate everything between April and June, things should be rolling out. So I, you know, at least for us, we'll be the last in line. So, you know, hopefully me and Dave will drive out there and come see you just to see you, you know, I I just want to eat. I, every time I'm in Colorado, we eat too much bacon for some reason. Y'all got a lot of bacon out there. (laughs) Uh, There's a, there's an amazing uh, local butcher that I just found here in, in Fort Collins. And they've got like, they had like a maple fennel bacon. They had, they had a coffee, something, bacon, and it was all, yeah, we'll go. We'll go. I'll show yeah. you. Yeah, we'll bacon it up. I enjoy that. I enjoy yeah. that. Well, we've made That's it perfect. to the last question, and you've been a fantastic guest. This has been, this honestly, this, this has interview been, has been everything I needed today. I love it. This is, I, it's, I love talking about things that matter. And yeah being present is what matters. And if we all prioritize that, we would probably not still be in this pandemic. We all would have just worn a mask and this would be over. (laughs) Can we all, by the way, just commit to ourselves that when we're back at work and we're around a bunch of people that are talking to us about stuff that doesn't matter to like limit those conversations (laughs) as politely as possible to just be like, oh, okay, those are words. I gotta go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But... um, And my headphones just went out. That's okay. That's That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, Hold on. Where's my sound coming from? It's okay. It's coming from your computer. And you sound pretty good. I can just, I can just edit this last part in. It'll just have a a sound quality change, but it won't be terrible. Okay. Yeah. You sound great. Um, Let's get to that last question. Yeah. What is one thing you would tell somebody just like you in the world? Um, like just like me before. Yeah. Uh, just like you now. I, I mean, I really enjoy thinking about 
what I just said, if you work hard for good things to happen, then good things happen. It's really, it really is just a one-to-one correlation there. Yeah, You can see direct results from your own actions. If you are truly mindful about where you put and how you spend your energy doing things. And if you set goals and you work towards them, even if you don't get that goal, you will still be working in a positive way towards whatever you want. And that, and that's how you can, that's where happiness comes from. Mm -hmm. And in, you know, in comedy working towards goals has gotten me, you know, that's what, that's where all opportunities spawn from is people seeing you work hard and be like, Oh, that, you know, I want that person for this project. Uh, And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's how you, gain visibility and viability as, as somebody to hire and book for stuff is, is to be working hard towards the right things and have that trajectory. Like there's no, there's, there's really not any other way besides being uh, independently wealthy to get things in this world. <laughs> yeah. You got to work hard and you got to progress. So it's like yeah. one thing to grind. You got to grind with purpose. Boo-boos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Don't just get stuck in that. Like, just doing reps isn't you feel like you're putting in the work, but it's really, you're just kind of spinning your wheels. If you don't have, if you don't have a, if you don't have a name. And I'll give you a cheat code, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're a comedy person and you, you're a do the reps kind of person, when you're out there doing the reps, let's say you don't have anything new to say tonight, take your jokes and flip a couple of punchlines flip a premise and a punchline, just see how that works and play with the mechanics of your jokes and you'll grow from that alone. That is a simple- Y'all silly trying to use punchlines. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of here. Yeah. Um, You know, just play with the mathematics of your jokes, change the equation just a little bit and, um, or change your inflection. I did a class here in quarantine where they had me do a completely deadpan set. And what it revealed is some of the reason why I lose the audience is because my energy is a hat on a hat. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of energy and that deadpan, my jokes work just as well. Uh, It was the hardest thing I have ever had to do in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, I'm excited to be alive, you know, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, there are little things you can do to challenge yourself. And even if you're not in standup, you know, doing little things like exercising, um, I love what you said about exercise. I'm sure your wife loves you going out and exercising. It's always nice to have a little skinny buff man in your life, you know? Um, but like, like you can, you know, going out there and, and doing things that challenge you, learning another language, like whatever it is that brings you joy, just do it, do the thing, you know, like. I, do it and, and, and realize that you are doing it and give yourself credit for doing it. Yes. And, and thoroughly enjoy it. Don't don't just like start doing it and be like, and then pat yourself on the back. And be like, yep, now I did a thing. So that's yeah. that's good. Like really, I'm um, get as much out of everything every day that you can, yeah. and you'll sleep better we, at night. We did it, y'all. Uh, we landed this 12Q plane it. successfully. Uh, Mr. Rodriguez, where can people find you and and your soon to be amazing comedy club? Yeah, come come to Colorado. Comedy Fort Collins. So the club is the Comedy Fort and we're in Fort Collins. Uh and so hopefully starting as soon as like February next year we'll be able to run some 
some smaller showcases and and build up uh instagram as the comedy forts and i'm d-rod scott jokes on most things yeah awesome dave where can people find you you can find me on social media at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy, on all platforms. Anna, where can everybody find you and this wonderful podcast? You can find me at Anna V is Fun on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com. Um, you can find this podcast at 12Q Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, um, Facebook. We out there is 12Q Pod. So check us out. Um, and also don't forget to buy ha ha hot sauce that you forgot to mention your hot sauce Buy Dave's hot sauce, ladies and gentlemen, it is the perfect stocking stuffer. Let me tell you, um, this will come out after Christmas. So it is the perfect new year's <laughs> gift. Uh, <Yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, uh, support, uh, what we're doing here and, um, how we end this podcast every time is, uh, Gosh, which Dave do I start with? Dave Yates! <laughs> Dave Yates! If nobody's told you this today, we love you. I've heard of it. <laughs> and David, if nobody has told you this today, we love you. Oh, I love you guys. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. We love you. <laughs> love y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.